millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Livestream. Do me a favor, guys. Don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up button over there on Rumble. Hit a red pill over there on the Foxhole. If you're on Odyssey, hit the flame. If you're on Getter, just tap the screen. That's the same as the light. And then, of course, share it on your Twitter, your Facebook, your Truth Social, your Gab, your Getter, even Parlor if you're still on Parlor. I don't know. Anyways, you guys, I am extremely excited about the show tonight. Uh, friend of the channel, Alfredo Luna, a.k.a. Alpha Warrior, is going to be here. He has his own show on Badlands Media with our good friend CanCon. Uh, and then he's also got his own channel on Rumble. You can find all of that information in the description below. But tonight we're going to be talking about his own personal experience with the uh, totalitarian threats that the government poses against us. Alfredo is a patriot. He's a former Marine. He's a former law enforcement officer. And unfortunately, he said the wrong things online. And so the government went after him, went after his family. It's a disturbing story. But I think it's really important. we got to make sure that we're highlighting it and uh, keeping everybody informed. So do me a favor, guys, if you wouldn't mind. Just sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and I'll be right back after this with Alpha Warrior. All right. Welcome back to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Mr. Alfredo Luna, a.k.a. Alpha Warrior. Alpha, what's up, brother? So good to see you. Hey, you know what? Absolute honor to be here, man, uh, with spending time with you and your audience. I've been following your work for a good minute, and you know now to be able to have a conversation with you, pretty awesome, man. God is good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm super stoked for a couple of reasons. First of all, I knew about you before we both joined up with Badlands Media, but once you were on Badlands, I was like, Alfredo, somebody I've got to have on the show, and and then Matt 
Couch, our good friend, mutual friend, put us into uh, a group chat together, and uh, and and I and I and I saw you not knowing it was you talking about what happened to you, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I remember covering this when it happened. I need to have this guy on the show. I wanted to have you on the show then. It wasn't until today when I was getting the show ready that I realized that you were both the same person, and I was like, okay, this is this is God God working right here in our lives. This is absolutely perfect. So I can't wait to have the conversation. So anyways, I, I'm excited myself. You know, that, that text message group that, that Matt started, I mean, first of all, you know, I get pulled into the group super, you know, excited to be in there because it's a bunch of, you know, very intelligent people in there. And I'm seeing name after name after name. I'm like, I watched this person. I watched this person. I'm like, <laughs> Is it even okay by texting this group? Like, you know, I'm out of my league with the people that are in here, you know, and, and just to see the conversations in there and how normal you guys are, you know, mm-hmm. and the humor and the passion, you know, it's, we have a good movement, man. And there's a good networking that's growing and taking place as well. Absolutely. You know, I feel like it is, it, it's certainly evolving. You know, I, I, there is there's a couple of splits happening in this larger truth and freedom movement. You know, there appears to be segments of people who are making more solid real life connections uh, that are, are working towards a common goal. And then you've got a whole other segment of people who are essentially just looking to tear people down. You know, I, I understand not agreeing with somebody. I, in fact, I, I appreciate having friends and people in my life who can challenge my views and and who can make me think about things in a deeper way. You know, I think that that can help people to formulate more solid uh, opinions that are based in fact and not necessarily just based in feelings. But there is a darker side to what's happening. You know, I think that the echo chambers that we've been pushed into as a result of social media censorship uh, have kind of they they have affected people in a way that is kind of disturbing to me, really, really negative. And uh, and so that's one of the reasons I was really excited about being able to get back on Twitter. It's nothing like what it was before. I don't know how long you were off. I, I saw on, on your thread there on your uh, on your on your Twitter profile that you had been uh, deleted for a while. You know, it's been since before the 2020 election that I was back on there. And at that time, you know, it was, it was vicious. You know, I mean, you had you had the left and you had the right and everybody was at each other's throats. People were snarky. And then we got cast off into our own echo chambers in different parts of the internet. And uh, I I don't know about the people on the left, but it seems like, you know, the people on the right, they started being snarky to each other because they had nobody else to to challenge uh, on on, on Twitter anymore. So so coming back and being able to even have the, the chance to interact with people who, you know, I know are diametrically opposed to what I believe and, and what I think, you know, I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. You know, I'm newly red pilled is what I tell people, you know, my moment was, you know, I saw these, you know, t-shirts and things going around. Epstein didn't get himself. And I'm like, who the heck is Epstein? <laughs> so of course I use my, you know, my investigative experience from working detectives and homicide. And it was never no turning back from that point. So for me, this is all fairly, you know, new to me. And so I immediately, you know, my primary social media was Instagram. So mm-hmm. that's where I was fighting and fighting. And then they deplatformed me on Instagram so I had an old Twitter from 2012 and I was like, well, I'll go utilize that, you know, started doing it on Twitter and same thing right before the 2020 election, two weeks, maybe a week and a half completely suspended. Yep. So I was like, oh, come on, you know, and then, or actually it was a temporary one. So then I got back on and then ultimately it led to a permanent suspension 
So I was on my third, fourth account, and then they finally, Elon came along. I exploited that and got my my main account reinstated again. Good stuff. Yeah, I I think that there's a, a a great value in having the ability to reach people that are outside of your immediate circle. And I know that there are times that that I learn things from people that you know I I think that they're absolutely wrong, but I think it's good to know where people's minds are. You know, I mean, what's the headspace that these people are in? You know, why is it that they dig their heels in so hard on something that we just absolutely can't get behind? So it, it's a good thing for sure. So I want to talk about that uh, that red pill moment. You know, I mean, like, where were you? What were you doing? When you came across the story about Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, so you knew nothing about Jeffrey Epstein before that, even as a police officer? Never even heard the name, mm-hmm. you know, and if I heard her name, it was not enough to register with my brain housing group. So it was, it was actually came across. I saw it on Fox News. They did a segment on, you know, hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah. And I was like, why are so many people you know, giving this so much attention? You know, so I go to, you know, Google because Google knows all at the time. That's the way I thought and started seeing all these different, you know, uh, blogs and things that people are doing. And like I said, I, I started to research it. So the conspiracy theorist in my family is my little brother. You know, we were six, six years apart and he's always come to me with these things. I'm like, you're absolutely crazy. I get <laughs> out of your mind. You know, I was, I was really plugged into the system. And then, like I said, you know, I started to use my training and started to realize things. And, you know, I started to go down paths other people I didn't even touched into, you know, mm-hmm. involving Joe Biden's brother, oh, yeah. you know, the Green family, you know, and like I said, there was, there was no turning back. And that's when I realized, you know, everything that I've, you know, been told is horse blinders, mm-hmm. you know, and I just said, you know, I got to reevaluate everything. And here we are. <clears throat> so when did you start doing the show? I started my show the end of August in 2021. So the FBI uh, attacked my home in early January. Um, My attorneys, I told them, listen, because they know, you know, I'm, you know, Marine, you know, veteran. And and even in law enforcement, I've always been known that, you know, I call BS when there's BS, regardless of what the rank is. You know, I call it out. And I told my attorneys, look, people need to know what's going on. Everybody else is afraid to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so when they finally gave me the green light, I came on a couple of shows. Um, the Pete Santilli show was the first show where I told my story. A couple of people heard it there. And then, you know, people started to bring me on to tell it. And then that's when I said, you know what? There's more J sixers than me. You know, there's more information that's going out there. And then I saw there was some, you know, podcast that would talk about things but you could tell they were playing within the lines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you got to cover the stuff. And yep. I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go no holds bar, do a podcast. I'll cover the election. I'll cover the vaccination. I'll cover January 6th and we'll see where it goes. And that would, did you start on YouTube? I started on YouTube. How long did that last? <laughs> uh, you, so what they, what YouTube ended up doing um, in, you know, for me, this was you know, 5,000 subscribers. I was like, wow, you know, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And what, did was once they started to see that so even at 5,000 I was in YouTube's top 1% for video watching retention mm-hmm. so you know and I was doing long shows hour and a half two hours and people were staying and watching the whole thing so it must have triggered their AI or something because sure. all of a sudden I get a strike and I'm like I'm too small like why do they even care you know what I'm showing and then what they did from that point on was as soon as a, a strike was about to expire they yep. would hit me with another one Yep. so then I said okay I'll, I'll beat their system you know I'm not a dumb guy so, you know, I moved to Rumble, I moved to DLive, Twitch, a bunch of different platforms. 
And as soon as I was done doing the live stream with YouTube, I would immediately take down the live stream, replace it with a thumbnail and a yep. link to Rumble. So I was like, okay, now they can't, unless they take me down while I'm live, they can't take me down because the video is not there no more. Mm-hmm. And while they caught on to it, because I went about a month and a half with no strikes. And then all of a sudden they gave me a strike on an old video when I first started. And I was just like, man, you guys. So what they did was they maintained that I always had one. And then finally, I believe it was August. Yeah, it was uh, this past August. No, no, no. Way before that. Mid, midtime last year. Okay. I'm doing a show with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And they cut it off mid mid midstream. They they permanently suspended me. I lost the new Twitter. I lost the YouTube. I lost a bunch of stuff on that show. Oh man! So l- let's talk about the actual uh, the raid by the FBI. What precipitated that, and how did that start? Yeah. So you know, just so people understand, you know, Marine combat veteran in two thousand three, law enforcement for about fourteen years. Um, I was terminated from law enforcement, but I actually won that case in arbitration. I always throw that out there because I want full transparency with your audience, with my audience. And I was ordered to be reinstated back into duty. But we don't have binding arbitration, so we're supposed to go to writs appeal. That was scheduled for May of 2021. So now we go to the story with the FBI. So January 15th, which was my son's 13th birthday, we're waking in the morning uh, around 0500 hour. Um Sounds like an explosion goes off. The house alarm's going off. My truck alarm's going off. I run to the alarm panel to turn it off. We rent an old Adobe-style home, so our front door's textured glass. Mm -hmm. She starts screaming, get away from the door. I look over at the door, about a dozen red dots on it. My phone goes off. I answer it. FBI dispatcher says, hey, we have your house surrounded. You need to step out. You know, kids are crying. You know, it's it's chaos inside. So I tell the family, I give them the hallway. I say, look it. It's the police. I'm sure it's a misunderstanding. They're the good guys. Just relax. Let's see what's going on. So I put my AirPod in because there's no way I'm going outside with anything in my hands. Mm-hmm. And I tell the dispatcher, I go, look, let them know I'm stepping out. Nothing's in my hand. I'm speaking to you from an earpiece. So I hear relay it to them. I open the door and all of a sudden I'm covered in red dots. I walk out. There's an armored vehicle um, with a SWAT team member on the top mounted with a rifle and a whole team of guys, you know, with their guns trained on me. I follow the directions, turn around, put my hands behind my back, and I get handcuffs. You know, I hear that famous click, click, click. Mm-hmm. But this time, it's not training. You know, it's it's real life. That was the first time in my life my freedom was taken from me. So I immediately ask what's going on. They say, we got a search warrant for your home. I go, what's this in regards to? Well, the agent's in charge. When they get here, they'll explain it to you. So then they go and they sit me down. Even though it's Southern California, January, it's still really cold, you guys. Sure. Next, next thing I notice, my family's getting ordered out. And, you know, I chose a life where this was a familiar setting to me. My family didn't. They're regular people, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm watching them come out and they're terrified. You know, they have all these guns pointed at them. You know, there's people yelling, you know, they get taken across the street. And that was probably the worst part of that entire day outside of this next thing. So I noticed at the time our daughter was two months old. And she's telling the SWAT operators, because it was the actual FBI SWAT team, she goes, hey, can I go get the baby? And they wouldn't let her. So I start telling them, look, can you escort her in there? Our baby's only two months old. It was about anywhere from, I'd say, an hour to maybe an hour and a half before she, before she went back inside and was reunited with my daughter. So messed up. So that was ugly. Yeah, that, that was a terrible feeling as a father, because everybody knows inside what I probably wanted to react. Of course. But I knew. You know, that's exactly what they want. 
they want a reaction because yeah. then they get to document it. It feeds into whatever narrative, you know, they're trying to, to outline here. Well, and, so and finally, especially, they just, especially with training or pointing guns at your children, you know, I mean, like how unnecessary, of course they want you to freak out. I mean, they, they were there because, you know, they're alleging that you were going to freak out or do something terrible. I mean, otherwise there would be no reason for it, but you know, obviously they were aware of your law enforcement background. They were aware of your military background. I mean, you were actively working in law enforcement at this time. And uh, uh, did they bother showing you the warrant before they entered your home or did they just say, trust us? They didn't say trust us. They just kept saying, I probably asked at least a dozen times before I got that. And ultimately it was towards the end of the search that they gave to me. And I was part of a tactical team. So I've done these high risk search warrants. I've been in situations where, where we get family that's coming out. And you know what we do? We, we, we have our, our weapons are up. But we go to a low ready position. Mm-hmm. So they're not direct pointed at, you know, grandma or the yes. kids. And then if there's a threat, you're, there's a quick, you know, adjustment to it. Yep. But it's not, it, your presence already is terrifying. Absolutely. You know, you don't need to have people staring down, you know, the barrel of a, of a rifle. So they end up moving me to the back. The two investigating agents, by this time, the sun's up. So it's probably, you know, late six o'clock hour. And I asked the agents, can I see the search warrant? We'll get it to you. Well, there was the two agents. One was an actual FBI special agent, Armenta. And then the second was Detective Candius, who is from the Rialto Police Department. He's the one that gives them jurisdiction on that task force mm-hmm. is the JTTF. He starts opening up his his uh, black leather bifold. Wait, they, they, sent, they, sent, they sent JTTF after you? Joint Terrorism so Task for my, Force? <laughs> so for my particular search warrant execution, it was the Joint Terrorism Task Force. And they actually used the FBI SWAT team. Wow. They used flashbangs. They used the drone. And they had not just my street, but the street behind me and the street next to us all completely blocked off. I mean, they they went all out on this one. Gave me, you know, what people like to say, the Roger Stone treatment. Absolutely. So yeah, that was the other question so he, I had. Was the media present? Did they alert the media to this uh, coming raid? At the end, at the tail end of it, yes. Um, but during the raid, they weren't. So... So that, I don't know, it could have been a neighbor, it could have been them, that, you know, that would be speculation for me. Sure. So we, well, we get to the me, back. Look, what, I'm sorry, one more question. What, what, what about the, the use of a, a flashbang at five in the morning? I mean, to, to wake you guys up. I mean, is, is that normal? I mean, do, does that, is that normally, do they do that to other people? That, that, so this is not normal. So typically this is the way a raid goes. And there's always an asterisk, you know, there's, what I'm going to say is about 99% of the raids. You go, we do a surround, you know, we surround it. And then once we have it surrounded and we have it lit up with all of our lights, you know, we'll get on the phone and we'll call the occupants. Yeah. We'll make several attempts. Most of the time people answer because by this time we've been doing surveillance for weeks on end. We know the phone numbers. We know their schedule. So we know when to do the raid. Mm-hmm. So that that's what will happen. If people don't answer their phone, then we get on the loud the loudspeaker, the megaphone. And at mm-hmm. that hour of the day, you know, usually it's, you know, three to six in the morning. It's quiet. Yeah. You know, we get on there and the, the loudspeaker alone wakes up the neighbors and we'll say, you know, the occupants of one, two, three, a street, we need you to come out. This is the police, et cetera, et cetera. Even after that point, if we don't get, you know, contact with the people or they're not responding to us again, we try to phone calls. We're not doing flashbangs until we're ready to breach. Mm-hmm. And you're talking, it's like the last ditch effort because typically there's going to be some form of violence that follows that. Sure. So the fact that they did this at the front end of it, we want to get their policy manual. 
which they haven't given it to us on the execution of the way they do these search warrants, because there was never a phone call made to my home prior to the flashbang. You know, every all the phone calls came after that. Now, here's the thing. They know that I was law enforcement. They know that I have firearms and they know that I used to work gangs. And I used to do undercover work. I still have active cases for homicides and attempt homicides in the court. So there's always been the real worry that these guys can find out where I live and, you know, you get rid of the detective, you know, you hamper up the case. There you go. Yeah. It's my, it's my belief. And this is theory, but it's an educated one based off my experience that that flashbang was to draw me outside with my firearm. And the second I opened the door, everybody knows how that would have turned out. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally logical. I mean, I, I would imagine that, you know, obviously as a gun owner, if you hear something like that outside, you, you hear something that sounds like it could be a gunshot. That's the first thing that you would do. And of course, you're you're there to protect your family. It's it is by the grace of God and God alone that I grab my phone instead of the duty pistol that I carry on the nightstand at night when we go to bed. It's just by the grace of God that I that saved my life. So was it just that you reached and whatever was there, you grabbed it? Like, are you saying that, like, it would have been that easy for you to grab your pistol or did you intentionally grab your phone? No, so it, it muscle memory is because mm-hmm. it's been about six or seven times where, you know, we've heard something in the backyard. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at night I have my, or during the day, my duty weapon stored, but at night it's right there on the nightstand. Sure. In muscle memory is I just grab it, grab yeah. it, I grab it with my eyes closed. So the fact that I grabbed my phone, I can't explain it. I don't wow. know why. Except yeah. guardian angel. Absolutely. So, you know, we get to the backyard. Um, he opens up the folder and I see the screen printouts from my Twitter account. And in my head, I'm just like, you got to be effing kidding me. And so he goes, we want to talk to you about your, your social media being potentially violent. And so I go, listen, nothing in my social media is violent. I'm, you know, I'm still thin blue line. I advocate for thin blue line and I want to have my lawyer. Mm-hmm. And and just so the audience knows, everything that I'm about to tell you in the interview is audio recorded by the FBI. So you don't even have to take Alpha's word for it. You can listen to the audio. The audio will show that, you know, I'm telling the truth. So I'll cover the main points of the interview because it was a lengthy one. It was probably two or sure. three hours. So. You know, the the main tweet that they, there was about four or five tweets that they focused on. The main tweet uh, was dated from January 6th, you know, because for those that don't know, you know, this is a January 6th case that they're using against me, but I was mm-hmm. never at the Capitol on January 6th. I was at my home in California. But they said that January 6th was a triggering event and that I wanted to disrupt inauguration based on the confidential informant that reported my Twitter account. So that's what they were there to do in a domestic extremism probe and a gun violence red flag protective order. So when they're questioning me on these tweets, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, you can die. Cause I put, you know, are you right? You know, will you be with me? As a matter of fact, I can pull up the tweet. Oh yeah. Quick, I'd, I'd so love to see. It. I'd love to see Verbatim. what actually kicked this whole thing off. Open this up. All right. You want me to read it or am I able to share it? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and share. Uh, you should actually let me make you a co-host so that. Uh, OK, there you go. You should be good to share. All right. So can you see that? Mm hmm. OK, so the tweet reads is dated. With, it's dated January 6th of 2021. And it reads, will you fight, bleed and maybe even die with me as we take on the evil that is now stealing our nation? I'm a Marine combat veteran, law enforcement veteran of 14 years, 
and my allegiance to God, family, and country. I'm ready, are you? Time to patriot the F up. God wins. The picture of me from law enforcement, picture of me from being in Iraq, a picture of Mel Gibson from the movie The Patriot, and then a picture of the American flag. So <laughs> you got to help me out. Oh, stop, share. There wow. we go. So that that is the main tweet. So I tell them, so they start questioning me. Well, this is violent. And I go, look, you can die for your country without ever throwing a rock. Absolutely. I go, look at the man from Tango Men Square. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing is, I never say the government. I never say the United States. I never say yeah. the FBI. I say take on the evil mm-hmm. that is taking our country. So, you know, are are they admitting that they're the evil? You know, one one can make up <laughs> sure their own, sounds their own like mind it. on that. I mean, based based <laughs> so, on their rationale, Thomas Jefferson is a terrorist. You know, I mean, for yeah, the tree of liberty being watered with the blood of patriots. I, I mean, it, it's uh, it's a stretch by any sense of the imagination. And, and like I said, I will give, you know, I'm one that I'll, I'll put myself on the outside looking in. And even if I was to give them the benefit of the doubt, if you were just to isolate it to this, maybe, maybe I could say, ah, it's a stretch. At least it warrants a phone call. I'll give them that. But the thing is, is you got to, this is, you know, that's one tweet. Mm-hmm. If you look at the totality of my Twitter account, it's it's always advocating people, you know, how to have peaceful contacts and, and traffic stops because I'm in a unique position. Mm-hmm. You know, I work law enforcement. I'm a civilian. You know, I'm military. I can say things that guys that are active in law enforcement can't say, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very like I said, my account's very pro law enforcement. So then the next tweet they that they questioned me on was a picture of the Punisher skull and mm-hmm. had the Roman numeral three in the skull. And they go, well, this is 3% militia. And at the time, I had no idea who the 3% militia was. I knew who the Proud Boys were, and I knew who the Oath Keepers were. I never heard of the 3%ers. So they're like, you know what it is? I go, no. I go, I know who the 1%ers are. I go, because I work games. I can tell you you about that. They're like, well, what do you think the 3%ers would be? I go, well, if I'm going to base it off that, I would say the alternate, you know, the good guys. (laughs) And so he goes off, and he starts giving me this long dissertation on how it's 3% of the population for the revolution. I said, well, I never heard any of that stuff. I go, so, you know, when you guys leave here, I'll I'll look it up. Um, But I kept telling them, you know, this is the Chris Kyle Punisher skull. And they're like, no, you know, this is a symbol of domestic terrorism. I'm like... Every one of us has this on our police vehicles. We have this on our tack vests. We have these in our locker rooms. You know, this, all all military and law enforcement has the Chris Kyle Punisher skull on it. You mm-hmm. know, or the don't tread on the flag. Sure. You know, because they're asking about that. You know, and I didn't have any. Well, that's like a that, terror. You know. That's a terrorist symbol now too, Alpha. No, it, it, it is. So, yeah. You know, and, and I'll get into why I think God <laughs> put me in the position for this fight. Um, so they go through this stuff, and then. You know, the next two questions that they asked me, and this is probably one of the most important things that your audience needs to hear. You know, in the thousands of of interviews that I've either done or been a part of, I've never asked these two questions ever. You know, and I've worked high profile cases. I used to run operations with three, 400 cops, multiple agencies, SWAT teams, air. Like, you know, I, I was very blessed to have a very, you know, successful career. They asked me, who are you registered with for political party? And I told them the Republican Party. And then they asked me, who did you vote for for president? I said, President Trump. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is hearing that the FBI is not being used as a political strong arm of the government, you have an audio recording from my case where they literally asked an American citizen, who are they registered with and who they voted for for president? That has no business in any type of investigation. You know, it's a a violation of our civil rights, or at least, you know, it's definitely threatening our civil rights 
So then the, the next one, and like I said, a regular civilian probably wouldn't have picked up on this, but Detective Candius, who, you know, from the Rialto Police Department, he goes, well, you tweet in a way that you know can't get you in trouble. Now, most people would not think anything of that, but I used to write search warrants. In California, Riverside County Court System, I'm still considered a court expert witness. What he's saying there is, I know that you tweeted in a way that didn't violate any criminal statutes. But I still went into a judge's chambers, raised my right hand with a judge, and told him that I was going to do an investigation and a probe into domestic terrorist threats. He had already established the mindset that my tweets didn't break the law, but still lied in front of a judge to get a judge to sign the warrant. That is extremely criminal. That, Absolutely. That alone should have the case thrown out. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, um, they're getting ready to leave. Um, they're telling me that they're taking my firearms because they got a gun violence protective order off California's red flags. And, and, and just a uh, civil case. Just to clarify, this is all in front of your home without your lawyer present after you've requested your lawyer to be present. This is I'm in my patio. They took me to my back patio, but I've requested my lawyer. They did not give me my lawyer. So this happened in my backyard. Meanwhile, I still haven't seen my family mm-hmm. this entire time. I haven't seen my family. Once they took them inside and they took me to the backyard, you know, because in the backyard, they still had me surrounded. Um, so it wasn't until they actually brought me in home, you know, to give me the property receipt and they left. That was the first time I saw my family. So, but before they leave, I asked them, I go, so what do you guys want from me? Do you want me to delete my social media? Like, I don't want you guys coming and doing this to my family. What are your intentions? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we don't think you're a bad guy. You know, this is just your chance to stop, you know, stop tweeting against the government. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like well, they are the evil telling. ones. They just admitted it. <laughs> well, so you actually remind me of something funny. So while they're in there, they're they, you know because I'm asking about you know what's going on, and they go, well, you know, look at what you're tweeting. I'm like, I'm tweeting that the government is coming after freedom of speech mm-hmm. and our Second Amendment. I go, you guys are here because of my freedom of speech, <laughs> and you're taking away my firearms in the Second Amendment. Yeah, and they both looked at me like a deer in the headlights. Neither one of them responded to that. <laughs> and then, you know, they moved on to the next question. I'm just like, you guys are doing exactly what I just tweeted. We're going to we're going to pass on that one because you're right. <laughs> so, you know, so ultimately, you know, they, they end up leaving. Um, and after that, you know, me and my family are hounded, you know, for the next few weeks by media. Um, but five days later is when they actually arrested me, which was January 20th inauguration. You know, I was working. Um, as the gang officer and security at the school district at the time. And I get a call from Buddy, and he says, he used to work law enforcement. He goes, hey, man, there's some unmarked cars that are surrounding the district, and there's a couple of Palm Springs Police Department units across the street. Well, I know what a takedown is. I'm like, okay, this is a takedown, and you don't do that unless you're going to arrest somebody. Mm-hmm. So I call up my buddy and I say, hey, listen, I don't want to get arrested in the school's uniform. I'm not trying to shame the school. I'm going to go home, dress into the civilian clothes, and then I'll go meet them, give the bank cards and, you know, the phone tree number to the to the wife and family. And, you know, we'll, we'll have this. So he meets with me. We go to my house. I change, let the family know, don't know what's going to happen, you know, but here's the list of numbers to call and here's the, the bank cards. So we go, we meet the Palm Springs Police Department across the street from the school district. And these guys I know, you know, I've worked with these guys for, you know, countless amount of years. And so one of the sergeants is walking up to me and goes, hey, you know what this is about, right? I say, yeah, it's my social media there at my house a few days ago. And he goes, no, it's about a rifle. Um, they're arresting you for an assault weapon. I'm like, no, it's for my social media. I already talked to them. Mm-hmm. So by this time, here comes the two agents. And sure enough, they told me they're arresting me for possession of an assault rifle. And so I'm like, 
which assault rifle? All I have is my patrol rifle. Mm-hmm. So my buddy that's in the background, he's looking at me. He's just like, don't even talk to these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. So that what's my bail? Because I knew my bail should have been somewhere between thirty and 40000 because I've arrested people for weapons charges before. So I asked, and they go, it's a quarter of a million dollars. Holy jeez. And, and and was that full cash bail, or were you able to bond out with like 10% or something? I was able to bond out, but here's the thing. So I asked them, I go, well, what are the other charges? And they go, no, it's the only charge. So I knew there's no way a weapons charge is ever that much. So yeah. I knew based off my experience, they had to do what's called a bail enhancement, which mm-hmm. to this day, they won't show it to us. A bail enhancement form, you save that for like your most notorious crimes, like like, you know, like really bad domestic violence where if this guy gets out or this gal gets out, they're going to kill their spouse. Like, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. So whatever they told the judge about me, a judge agreed, okay, this guy warrants, you know, a quarter of a million dollar bail. So then they asked me, well, which jail do you want to go to? Because there's two about equal distance. And so I go, well, it doesn't matter. I got inmates at both um, sitting on trial for homicide. Like, <laughs> either wow. one I go to, it, you know, my life's in danger. So they ended up transferring me to Larry uh, D. Smith Correctional Facility. Um, as we're getting, as we're, as they're transport, cause they're transporting me by myself, the, the guy, the transport officer, he pulls off probably about a couple minutes after we get uh, away from the school district, he pulls off into this like commercial parking area or building. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So then he comes cause it's a paddy wagon. They had me and, and you know, I'm not a small guy and they had me all crunched up in the, the little, you know, footlocker size one. And he opens the door and he goes, Hey man, go ahead and step out. And he goes, I'm gonna put your handcuffs in front. And I'm like, I'm not stepping out. Like I've, I, I've seen the movie. I've seen the movies. The second I step out, oh, he tried to escape, and I get one to the sure. dome. Yeah. And so he goes, he goes, no, no, man. He goes, and he was referring to the Palm Springs guys. He goes, no, they they told me who you are and that you shouldn't be treated away. He goes, and Sarge said, as soon as we drive away, go ahead and put your handcuffs in the front and move you to the front. So I step out cautiously, and he did. He moved my handcuffs to the front. Actually, put double cuffs, so it was you know wasn't so much strain on me. And he yeah. moved me to the front of the paddy wagon where I had room. And that was the first sign of compassion in, you know, this whole event. So then we get to the jail. And as we're driving there, I'm like, well, you know what? This is the one time that California's broken system is going to benefit me. I go, even though it's a quarter million dollar bail, this is a nonviolent charge. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get fed kick, which means I'm going to show up. They're going to fingerprint me. They'll photograph me and they'll give me a court date because that's Mm -hmm. what happens with all nonviolent felony cases. So when we get there and they close down the jail because, you know, I'm prior law enforcement. So they don't have any other inmates in there. And I see the the sergeant, and I tell the the watch commander, I go, hey, I'm going to get fed kicked, right? And he goes, well, we're working on that. <laughs> so about 20 minutes pass, and here comes the orange jumpsuit, Riverside County inmate. And I'm like, well, obviously, I'm not getting fed kicked. So you can imagine, I'm feeling very confused right now because I sure. know this system. Yeah. And nothing that's happening is routine. So, you know, I have to get naked in front of people I used to work with. You Stranger know, I get cheeks. the check. Put on the- it put it's 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 embarrassing. All it's, the it's demoralizing with, with the, things that that an inmate has to do. That's horrible. You are demoralized one hundred percent. You know, and so they end up taking me back, and I'm like, well, they're probably going to put me in the protective custody cells because they, I, I had a feeling they weren't going to put me in general population. Mm-hmm. Well, we end up making a turn down a hallway I'd never been down before because I've been there before to interview people, and I'm going like, where we're we going? He's like, we're almost there. Well, they put me into solitary confinement. I had not been rude. I had not given them a hard time. I was respectful. My family was respectful and they throw me into the hole. And now I'm thinking like, you know, WTF, you know, like 
like, how, why is this even happening to me? So I'm sitting there, I got this orange jumpsuit on, and I'm thinking, Zach, I'm like, you know, I fought for my country. You know, I've seen friends die. You know, I've been in four shootings, you know, as a cop and survived. You know, my best friend burned alive in front of me, and I'll come back to that because that, that plays into this. And, you know, I'm here, you know, for just speaking up. This is what I'm here for, for my Twitter. You know, my Twitter set this off. Yeah. Well, I didn't know at the time, but my family was already in contact with my attorney. My attorney connected on with the bail bondsman agent, and my mom had to put up her home for collateral because, like I said, we didn't, we didn't have that kind of cash. Well, my my attorney and the bail bondsman agent called the jail, and they said, hey, you know, don't book him. We have his bail. This was like within an hour of me being there. Mm-hmm. Well, the jail told my attorney, well, you guys can't bail him out. There's a parole hold on him. So my attorney, because she's known me for what does that mean? Like, like, like as if you're on parole or something? That's exactly what that means. So my attorney goes, what do you mean? He's never been arrested. Yeah. So for your audience, this this is what has to happen for you to have a parole hold. You committed a felony. Mm-hmm. You got caught. You're arrested. You went to court. You either pled guilty or found guilty. You were sentenced to prison. You went to prison. You were let out early from prison on parole. While you're on parole, you committed another crime, violated your parole. Now there's a parole hold. That's exactly. So they're saying all that happened and I had a parole. Well, you know, about six to eight hours into it, um, they end up letting my attorneys know that it was a uh, clerical error. Oh, bullshit. Well, <laughs> in oh. 14 years, 14 wow. years, Zach, you know how many times I've seen that happen? Probably none. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Donut. I've donut. never seen that happen. Oh man! So well, at this real, point, real, real quick, Alpha, not, before I, you before you continue, uh, Sarah fifty five uh, over on Rumble said, uh, "Love your shows." Oh, thank you very much, Sarah. I appreciate that. Just want to let you know that I saw that. And then also over on Foxhole, Michelle Ann said, "This story is a prime example of governmental abuse." Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you for that cookie. And then Casey, thank you for the phone. And I'm sorry. Please continue. No, thank you guys. Uh, keep supporting Zach, man. He's doing a lot of good work here, you guys. Not just my story. There's a lot of stories he's bringing to you. Thank you. So, you know, and I learned this all after the fact. So I'm sitting there. I spend the night there. And oh, wow. while I'm in there, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's terrible. I, I got down on my knees and I prayed. I knew there was no other way I was going to make it through that and, uh, unless it was through faith. And in the in the corner of the room, because all you have is because it's the hole, there's no bed. You know, it's just a, a piece of concrete that's lifted. Yep. There's a silver toilet and a silver, a silver aluminum shelf. Mm-hmm. And on and there's like maybe a nightlight worth of you know light that's in there, and on the shelf there's two books. Uh, one was about war, it was a World War II book, and then a thinner book, and it was called Twenty Three Minutes in Hell. Mm-hmm. And I remember I see that and I chuckle. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> well, I, I know enough about World War II and Twenty Three Minutes in Hell. Well, I'm already living it, so I don't need to read the book. Sure. So, so I go, um, and they give you uh, two blankets. You know, so one I chose and no pillow. So one I I used as you know a layer of cushion. And then the other one I used to, you know, kind of cover myself because it was cold in there. And, you know, I, I spent my first night, night in the hole. So the next morning I wake up and I'm just like, all right, you know, it was eight feet by 11 feet. So if you want to wonder, go into a walk-in closet, go into your bathroom. And if you've never had a life of crime, if you've always been free, you'll see how, how quickly that gets small in just a matter of a few hours when you're used mm. to, when you're not used to it. Sure. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got to pass the time. If not, I'm going to go crazy. So I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to read the book. So I read the book, 23 Minutes in Hell. And I'll, I advise everybody, powerful book, go read it when you have a chance. So that kind of helps me get through the day. I finally be able to make a phone call to the family and they say, hey, everything's been worked out. 
you know, you should be get released later today or tomorrow so we can do the bail. So ultimately I get released. Um, I get driven to the gates of the prison and I see, you know, my beautiful missus on the other side of a, a gate with barbed wire. And she sees me getting pulled out of a, a paddy wagon, getting unhandcuffed and being handed a brown bag with my property. And she sees me walking out of prison. I promise this woman a life of, of greatness. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting on the outskirts of a prison to pick up her partner in life. And there's no, there's no way you can fix that. There's no one can undo that, you know? So she's crying. We drive home and now starts the the fight for my freedom. So my attorneys, we get together, we start requesting stuff, you know, nothing want to get, nothing's given to us. So the next time the FBI visits my home is August the 4th of 2021. Now they know I have representation. They made zero calls to my attorney, zero calls to me. So they had no business coming to my house knowing I'm represented. Mm-hmm. Why were they there to quote unquote, return my electronic equipment? Let me tell you why they were really there during the initial interview. They, they had made the statement, Hey, we know about your partner Gibson and that you try to save him. So Gibson was one of my good friends in law enforcement, Marine Corps combat veteran, you know, two time purple heart recipient. And he burned alive in front of me. You know, we're in a pursuit case. He crashed his car. Me and two other buddies tried to get him out. We couldn't. We watched our best friend burn alive. They, that's, that's, that was one of the ways that they ended that first interview. August the 4th is his birthday. And they know historically on the date, anniversary of his death and anniversary of his, his birthday, you know, we go to social media. They were trying to find me in an emotional, unstable day. Absolutely. To support they because they needed it. They had nothing criminal. You know, mm-hmm. they knew the case was was weak and, and it wasn't going to hold in court, or at least it shouldn't. So they were really putting all their dominoes or all their eggs into the gun violence protective order. And they needed to show maybe he's drunk, maybe he's emotional, maybe he's crying. They needed something that they could articulate. And obviously yep. they didn't get it. Yep. So here's the next very, very, and probably the most important thing that has happened in this case. It's bigger than me. I took this opportunity this time, since it's the middle of the day, and I told them, because this happened outside of my house. I didn't bring them in my home. Mm-hmm. And I tell, it's the same one. It's Armenta and Candice. And I tell Armenta, because he's he's the one standing in front of me. Uh, Candice is standing behind him. I said, you guys know that people just don't trust the FBI anymore. Mm-hmm. And Armenta goes, well, why do you say that? I go, you have Director Ray, you know, of the FBI on national television under oath saying that he had not seen any evidence of Antifa or BLM on January 6th. I go, everybody with a phone, a tablet, a computer, as an, at a minimum, has seen the pictures and videos of John Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Go, so he lied. This is what the agent said, you guys. His response. Well, of course he did. He can't say something that's going to help Trump. So I look at him. His partner, his partner standing behind him does the head nod. And I go, I think Biden is a complete, you know, ass clown. But if he did something right, I would have to acknowledge that under oath. You can't lie. It's perjury. Yeah. Well, he's realizing what came out of his mouth. So now both of them are kind of, you know, shifting courses. Well, let's go get the property. Let's do this. They bring me my electronics, everything that they took, and they leave. Now, first things first, 14 years, I have never returned equipment to a suspect, not even a witness or a a victim. There's policies for that, too. Well, and aren't they supposed to hold on to it until like after the case has been dispensed? I mean, everybody else that I've ever spoken to, like Nate Kane, okay, it's been five years. He still hasn't gotten his computers back. <laughs> well, there, there's two reasons. There's two reasons why they did this. A, like I said, they wanted to show up and they needed an excuse to yeah. find me 
in, uh, you know, an abnormal, you know, behavior. And the second thing is, is they probably wanted me to power up that equipment because it's probably laced with wires and oh, yeah. keystroke tracking and all this other oh, stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure those are probably the two motives that they have behind it. But as soon as they leave, I get on the phone um, and I call my attorney and, you know, one of the radio hosts and I said, Hey, record this while this is fresh in my mind. Should they realize the severity of what they said, <laughs> somebody comes and, you know, cuts Alpha's brake lines on his truck or something. Yeah. So I said, get that audio. And then I go on a couple more shows in the weeks to come. So this was August the 4th. So between August the 4th and December, early December, 2021, my attorneys are requesting that audio, like almost every week, at least every other week, no response, no response, no response. I Wait, go on a did couple they have shows cameras and I on? Did they have body cameras on when he said that? So here's this is where I'm going with it. So that's exactly what I'm about to bring up. So they were they didn't they were dressed in you know you know that suit. So there's no no obvious cameras, but I know they were recording because when I peeked through the peek hole, I saw both of them go inside. And and in law enforcement, we were, just so everybody knows if you don't see a recorder, we're recording. We're Absolutely. always recording because because people lie, you know. Sure. Um. So you know we request that recording. So I go on a couple of shows just like yours, and I tell everybody about that incident. I tell them, I promise. That when we get that audio, even if a judge puts a gag order on me, I will release that information. I'll deal with the consequences of contempt of court for that because I would be, you know, that's an actual charge where I would have violated it. Yeah. But it's so important because here's the thing. If people haven't caught on yet, you have an FBI agent that said it is okay to lie under oath so long as it doesn't help your opponent. Mm -hmm. Now, Alpha's small fry. I don't matter. Let me tell you why they destroyed the evidence. The same FBI agent that's handling my case is the FBI agent that's handling officer, Capitol Police Officer Fanon's case. He's the one that was on Time Life, the one with all the tattoos, the neck tattoos, allegedly tasered. Well, he's in charge of that case as well because he told me. So they don't care about my case. If this guy's audio would have got out that he's saying it's okay to lie under oath, it becomes Mm -hmm. a Brady issue. Sure. And the entire J6 narrative collapses because the poster boy, you know, Fanon, if that case falls, everything falls behind it. So finally in December, um, they reach out to my attorney and the DA says, hey, the FBI reached out to us and they said there's no audio of that contact. Yeah. So yes. can I prove that it was destroyed? Obviously, I can't. No. But this is what I've always said. You know, everything else, all those other interviews, you know, was audio recorded. So I've made this commitment and uh, Joel, um, uh, Joel Oltman and Apollo are working on doing this. I said, I will do a televised live polygraph test to what the FBI agent said. Mm-hmm. So it, not, not a recording, not people seeing a sh- shot for a polygraph test. I will do it live and people can see it real time that I'm telling the truth about what happened and what he said. So, and it just, everything just, you know, all the dominoes just keep getting worse and worse as they stack them up. So we end up going, you know, we're, we're fighting through the procedure. They're trying to get me to take plea deals. And ultimately, um, they get so desperate in the plea deal that they say, hey, we'll give you military diversion. Now, everybody, including my friends, family, has wanted me to take this deal. Ultimately, what military diversion would have meant for me is... For about a year, year and a half, I would have went, saw a shrink, you know, probably say things like, yeah, Trump is bad and I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And then everything would have went away off my record. The uh, the arrests, you know, no probation, um, no restitution, none. All that stuff disappears like it never happened. So everybody said, dude, nobody's getting offered that. Take it. 
And I said, there is no effing way. I did nothing wrong. And in addition to doing nothing wrong, I know all the crimes that they did. I know the perjury that's been done. I know the exculpatory evidence that they have hidden. It needs to get exposed. So I go, I don't care what cost it comes to me. Not that I want it to be, but I'm going to go the distance. I go, even though I know our system is is jeopardized, even though I know I'm not going to get a fair shake, this stuff has to go on record. Because I'm, what I'm fighting for, just so your audience knows, is I'm fighting for the appeal. I already know the way this is going to play out. We've seen it for the last year, mm-hmm. what happens to J6ers. So the appeal is what I'm fighting for. So hopefully, you know, <laughs> it, it works out best case scenario, but worst case scenario, you know, jury says I'm guilty. I have to go to prison. And then while in prison, you know, we hopefully we get a good president that will bring all this stuff to the surface. But I mean, that's, that's the long and skinny of it. Um, if you got questions, man, let me know. Oh, here's well, another important thing. Okay. So the whole thing started in the FBI report. Cause we haven't seen it all. We've only seen probably somewhere between six and 10, 10 pages. Cause everything is sealed. And in those pages that we have seen, they, they list three different times that there's a confidential informant. That's all the, that's all my Twitter got reported. So one of the hearings we went to in, I think this was October as well of last year, we were trying to do an in-camera hearing with the judge to reveal the identity of the informant because we have a feeling that it has someone, somebody to do with my old agency. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the Alfredo, DA, when you, when you say your your old agency, are you saying this like the school, the last place that you worked, or was this at another police department that you worked at? No, this was my this was the first police department that I worked for. This is where I spent the fourteen years, and that's the Cathedral City Police Department, or right okay. next door to Palm Springs. Okay, that's the one where I won I won the arbitration case. Yes, and all of a sudden the FBI hits my house before we go to the Ritz Appeals case. So we think someone at the agency was probably using an associate to rug pull pretty much the, the case. So this way, even if I won, they could be like, well, you got a felony on your, on your, on your record. So we so can't pay you back. back anyways. And it would have yeah, payback and it eliminates the lawsuit. Yeah. So, so we tell, you know, we request an in-camera hearing with the judge to reveal the informant, the FBI tells the DA and the, you know, tells the, my attorney that it was a mistake. There was no confidential informant in my case. It was a quote, anonymous party. Now let me tell your audience. In the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of search warrants I've written, you, I, I'll give somebody a pass if you make a mistake once. Mm-hmm. You don't write the same mistake twice, three times, and I guarantee you if we see the rest of the warrant, it's probably in there another dozen times. Mm-hmm. No, this is their way of concealing of who the informant is by lying. So it's either they lied then or they lied now. But once again, it's more proof that they lied. And the other really important fact is remember, they're at my house on on a domestic extremism probe that I want to disrupt the inauguration. Mm -hmm. Three days before they hit my house, I tweeted out and I'll read it to you guys. There was a, there was a banner going around on Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, like all the social media platforms. It was a red banner and it was called, don't let the efforts be in vain, demand freedom and corruption. It had a picture of the statue of Liberty and it was telling everybody to go to DC where their state capitals armed. So I retweeted that and I told everybody, this is a hashtag BLM and hashtag Antifa trap. Do not attend and share this. You know, Matt shared it. A bunch of people shared it out. So I told the FBI agents during the interview, how did you get a judge to sign a warrant, a search warrant about me wanting to disrupt inauguration? I go in a few days ago, I'm telling people to do the opposite. And they go, well, we saw that, but you're telling people not to go because it's Antifa or BLM. 
I go, I don't care if I'm telling them not to go because it's too cold. You just <laughs> swore an oath to a judge that I'm telling people to go, but yet there's proof and you guys acknowledge seeing it that I'm telling people to do the opposite. So what I knew right then was this was exculpatory evidence and they did, did not let a judge see that because if a judge sees that, that warrant yep. never gets approved. Absolutely. So so who was the judge that approved the warrant? Is this somebody from like D.C. jurisdiction or is this local there? And did they know you? No, the judge doesn't. As far as I know, the judge doesn't know me. He's actually a veteran judge. He's a military judge. That's at the he handles military cases and some of the Riverside County District cases. Um, But he's the one that actually approved that. And I found that really odd. Yeah, it seems odd. When I've done investigations, you know. I'm usually at the same courthouse, you know, and it's usually the same judge. You're doing a case like this. You have these judges that are working it. So the fact that they use the judge on the other side of the county, and it's one of the judges that sees the the veteran cases. I don't know. That, that it's 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 a it's an anomaly. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it, it's definitely strange. Well, it seems reasonable to assume that they went to someone who wouldn't have daily work experience with you so that they could more effectively and believably make the case that you were somehow a danger to yourself, your family, society, whatever it might be. Because, you know, having the law enforcement experience that you have, you know, you know, over a decade in law enforcement and probably like meeting and and having cordial relations with a number of judges, uh, I would imagine that anybody who was familiar with you and your work product and uh, your your authenticity and you know your moral character, they would have looked at this case and they would have said, "You've got to be kidding me! What are you guys trying to do?" I I agree with you one hundred percent on that. So no one at the DA's office <laughs> was allowed to touch my case because there's still people within the industry that talk to me. I won't say their names. Cause obviously, you know, I'm sure they're on orders not to, sure. but there's enough people that have been filtering me information of, Hey, be cautious of this or, Hey, they're trying this or, Hey, they're not letting us do this. So there's been enough of that information that's kind of been circulating. So, you know, I've kind of been operating around that. But at the same time, it's hard to trust people on what's going on right now. Of course. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, can, so can can we talk about the alleged rifle that they found? Uh, is that something that you can specifically address? I don't want to put your case in jeopardy. Yeah, give me one second. Okay. There's transparency of everything. So um, as far as what angle they're taking, I don't, we don't know because they still haven't let us see the police report. But right here, I'll put it on so your audience can see it. Okay. Is Cathedral City Police Department. You see the date, October 4th, 2011. You see my name, Alfredo Luna. And then lower, you'll see the serial number, the Smith & Wesson Assault Rifle Model MP15, the approval. And you'll see up here that it's sent, or on this side, Department of Justice and all that. So DOJ has paperwork on my rifle. My agency has paperwork on my rifle. I obviously have paperwork on my rifle. Mm-hmm. What angle that they're stretching to say that I don't have permission to have it, we don't know. Um, ultimately, what I'm thinking is I don't think they were actually going to charge me with any of my firearms. Since for those that don't know, at the time, I was also a part-time um, canine explosive worker. Mm-hmm. So this, this ties into kind of what they did to Jeremy Brown. In my home, I have expo- or had explosive orders mm-hmm. with an ATF license to have it because that's what we use for training with our dogs. Sure. 
and they took all that stuff. Now, when you get that ATF license, you can't make copies of it because you're supposed to show the originals. Mm-hmm. But one of the things my mom taught me early on is you make copies of freaking everything. So when they when I told them, hey, you guys aren't taking my orders, right? They're like, yeah, we are. And I'm like, I have a license to carry it. They're all, where is it? So I told them where it was in my truck, you know, and I, and I keep it. Now, I'm the Marine side has never left me. Like, I'm very detailed on where everything's at. They said it's not there. It's my belief that they took it, probably destroyed it, and the charge they actually wanted to do was they were probably going to charge me with explosive orders like they did to Jeremy. Yeah. Well, after they left, I went to my cloud, make sure I got a copy, sent it to my attorney, sent it to a couple of friends, and said, hey, they're saying I don't have this, and I do. Mm-hmm. So my attorney, within a few hours, sent it to them. So I'm thinking that it ruined the the what their original plan was, and then so they, they shifted over to use the rifle. And like I said, they won't show us the police report, so I don't know what angle they're taking. That's insane. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, that this is this is all gonna this. It seems too obvious that it's a, a case of governmental persecution. This is like massive overreach. Uh, they're clearly violating your constitutional rights. They're making up charges and uh, criminal activity out of whole cloth, things that you haven't done. So the rifle that they're charging you with is your police department issued rifle that you were legally authorized to have. And when is the actual case scheduled for? I mean, have they given you a court date or do they just keep stringing you along in the hopes that your life crumbles in the meantime? Uh, a combination of two things. Um, so March 9th is the next day. We go to arraignment. From there, we'll go to jury trial. But in California, there's also a federal um, a lawsuit that's going on with uh, a federal judge out of San Diego, St. Benitez. Mm-hmm. who's been challenging. Oh, um, I'm, I'm very familiar with St. Benitez. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so if, if that case, if, if Benitez wins, and I think February 20th is, is when he makes the final ruling with everything that's going on. If that case wins, well, then this case that I'm going through drops anyways, because red flag laws are gone. Me the charge that it's, it, it no longer exists. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so there's, there's that that's in play right now. What I think is going on, and I never saw this in law enforcement. So, you know, this, this had to kind of happen to, to expose me to it is our, our judicial system, the, the plea, the plea deal system mm-hmm. is broken. It's not being used what it, what his intentions were for. It's not. It's actually being used as a way of forcing people Absolutely. into taking deals or, or either look at, cause if you, when you refuse a plea deal, they're going to throw the book at you. Absolutely. So it's like, Hey, you want to yeah. say you did something wrong, even though you didn't. And only do one year, or do you want to fight this and then you're going to get ten years? Exactly. Well, most people, especially good people, are going to be like, "Hell with it! I'll just give me the one year." You know. Not to mention, you'll so, waste a hundred grand on the case and still go to prison. And that's the other part. When they hit you with these high dollar bails, well, now they're taking your savings. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If you didn't have the money and you had to put, you know, some type of asset up as a collateral, yep. Now, when it's time to find an attorney, how do you pay for an attorney? Mm-hmm. everything you have is being used to, you know, for your bail. Yep. So it's a way of bankrupting people or putting people in debt to where they can't recover from it. So when this is all done, I've actually met up with the, a couple of people and we're actually going to work on legislation to, to change a couple of things um, that are broken here in our, in our state and a couple other states. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right, you guys, we're going to be opening up the phone lines here in just a moment. I'm just getting the um, information together. 
If you have a question for Alpha or you want to talk about red flag laws or uh, Second Amendment issues, then please, I encourage you to go ahead and uh, call in. Let me go ahead and pop this up on screen. And while I'm doing that, we got to take a break for the sponsor of the second half of the program. And we'll be right back after this. All right. Thank you back. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for sticking around. O'Brien96 says, please don't pick up any turtles. (laughs) They navigate by the Earth's magnetic field. If you pick them up, they never find their home again. You must let them crawl away on their own. Let me ask you this, because I live in Florida and we have turtles crawling on the roads quite often. Anytime there's a turtle sitting in the the middle of the road, uh, quite often they get scared and then they just go into their shell and then they get hit by a car. And it's like the worst thing I can think of is driving by a turtle that's been crushed. So I always pick them up and just put them on the side of the road that they are actually like walking towards. Uh, O'Brien, am I screwing these turtles directional sense up if I put them just five feet further along from where they were trying to go? I sure hope not. Um, and I think maybe you mean like if you pick them up and then turn them in another direction, that's a, that's a jerk move. If you ask me, I think that that's not something you want to do, but, um, okay. All right. Let me, uh, let me throw the, the call information up on the screen and millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets, natural NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com www.fighterflare.com
a human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Here we go. So let's... um. While we're waiting to see if, if uh, anybody jumps on the line here, Alpha, um, let me pull up your gifts and go so everybody can see that. I see you're trying to raise uh, $250,000. You've raised just over $100,000 so far. And uh, I'm assuming this this is all going towards your legal fund. I mean, obviously, representing uh, yourself in a case like this is, is not cheap. And as We've learned over the last couple of years, there's not a lot of Patriot lawyers that are willing to donate a significant amount of time, uh, especially to a case where they're having to go up against the government. Yeah, initially it was just for the legal fees, mm-hmm. but we've actually had to use it to just kind of help keep us above water to keep the lights on, get groceries. Because sure. the other thing that I realized is, you know, my resume is a great resume. Mm-hmm. But when I started to apply to jobs, immediately I would get hired. I'd be offered a bonus company vehicle. They'd run the background, and every good job out there immediately would rescind it once they saw the FBI case on there. So oh, they've wow. made it nearly impossible to to get good, you know good work out there. So you know, so we also use it to help keep us afloat. Okay, all right. Well, that's absolutely yeah, there's 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 no Range Rovers and and, and mansions over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can certainly relate to that. <clears throat> all right. Uh, All right, you guys, uh, if you have not ever called into the show before, then all you got to do is click that Zoom link. It'll bring you into the waiting room, and then I bring you in uh, one at a time. And let me see if uh, we have an answer from O'Brien. I don't know why O'Brien made that comment, but, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, You don't want to mess up with the turtle's sense of direction. All right. So, yeah, help me out here, O'Brien. I want to hear back from you on this. All right, so... As we are uh, moving into 2023, Alpha, I, I want to get your take on where we kind of sit, where we stand, rather, as a country and uh, and, and what we're seeing play out. What do you think's going on with the Joe Biden classified documents situation and now the Mike Pence classified document situation? And, and I'm wondering if you think anybody else is going to show up with uh, classified documents in their personal libraries. <laughs> So, you know, we, we know what happened at Mar-a-Lago on August the 8th. Yep. Um, we know what angle they're, they're trying to take. Obviously, a lot of us knew Biden is not going to last the test of time on this. He's not going to get a second term. We'd be surprised if he finished the first one. I think this is a way of them setting precedents, saying, look, our guy did it, and we even removed him. We investigated him, and we're not going to let him run for the 2024 campaign. By doing this, like I said, you set precedents and now you can utilize that to, you know, take advantage of Trump, whether it's, you know, passing a new law or, you know, what, well, however they do it. It's not like they listen to laws anyways, but I think that this is a way to come after Trump. Okay. All right. Interesting. I, uh, you personally, I think that, um, this makes it difficult for them to go after Trump because I just I don't see them bringing charges against Joe Biden. Certainly, I think that you're right. They don't want him to run in 2024. And uh, as we've seen from Joe Biden over the years, I think he has a tremendous ego. The man thinks very highly of himself. 
uh, regardless of, you know, his seeming lack of intelligence. But he thinks that, uh, you know, he is probably an, an elder statesman who's done incredible things. He's really done nothing more than uh, writing a significant portion of the USA Patriot Act, which I wouldn't say has done anything good for America. Uh, and certainly he's caused a lot of scandals and uh, made a lot of gaffes. Uh, so really, Joe Biden's legacy lies in his criminal activity. Um, I will be very surprised if they end up bringing charges against Joe Biden as a result of this. I will, we'll keep an eye on it and uh, and we'll see what happens. O'Brien says that's why the beaches tell you to never help the baby turtles by the sea. They will never find their way to the beach to mate. OK, I've definitely heard that before. Uh, certainly, we've got turtles that nest here on um on our beaches and uh, they want you to stay clear of the nesting grounds. And uh, I know that's uh, for as much as making sure that the turtles go to where they're supposed to, as it is making sure that you don't squish them. Um, There was a caller on the line and I was just about to bring you in, but you went ahead and hung up. So uh, feel free to jump back on there and uh, we'll bring you in right away. Um, So Alpha, tell me about your, uh, your show with CanCon. Tell me about SitRep. Man, uh, you know what? such an awesome awesome show and i'll tell you what it's one of those shows where i would watch it even if i wasn't a part of it (laughs) you know we've seen documentaries from veterans you know we we've seen you know shows that veterans will pop up and do and they're all very cool but there's not a whole lot of shows out there where you get to hear what's actually going on in the head of a veteran Mm -hmm. you know whether it be from what we experience when we're out in the suck or whether it just be everyday politics you know we're not going to see things the same as everybody else you know, especially those that have been brought to the brink of death, you just value life different. So not everything's going to rattle you like the rest of the population. So it's a, it's, it's really good for people that don't have family that's in the military or, or, or not veterans themselves. It's a really good opportunity to kind of see the way we think, the things that we find humorous, the jokes that we do with each other. Um, I think it's really cool. I actually think it's really cool. For parents that have, you know, kids and you may, maybe junior seniors in high school that are contemplating the military, I, I think it's a good thing for them to see too. You know, there's adult language that's thrown around from time to time, mm-hmm. but given if that's the life they want to pursue, then they may want to know more about the pick, things that a recruiter is not going to tell you about. Well, I was going to say, you know, I mean, just from my own personal experience talking with recruiters back in high school and then seeing them interact with people, they they're singularly minded. I mean, their only job is to get you to sign on the bottom line, and they're not always going to be honest with you about what it's actually going to be like. I think people have a kind of a romanticized idea of what it means to be in the military. And, uh, you know, maybe there is some of that. Once you get out into the field, you get the camaraderie with the guys, you know, but uh, I mean, basic training and, uh, and, and, you know, boots on the ground. I mean, it's hell for a lot of people and people wash out. So, uh, okay. We've got that caller on the line. Let me bring them in. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Hey, Zach. My name is Barb. Barb, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm well. Um, First time caller. Been listening to you forever, but I had to call because I just had to say how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate Elsa and what he's going through. And I just wanted to let him know that I'm so proud of him. And I love... Your, your show with CanCon as well. I watch it all the time. So I just wanted to let you know that um, I'm proud of you, Alpha. Hang in there, and I'm praying for you. I appreciate that very, very much. 
Yeah, thank you for calling in, too. I I, I appreciate you uh, saying those kind words. You know, to, to, to comment on, on what she said, Zach, Go ahead. you know, trust me, <laughs> this this sucks for me. It sucks for my family. But I can't imagine. You know, you're 100% right. But at the same time, I know that they won't scare me into certain pleas like they would do someone else. I know that I have what it takes to go the distance. Even if it comes out of consequence to me, it's still the court of public opinion. They can't control that. And if we need to use my sacrifice to shift the court of public opinion so it doesn't happen to other people, then I can live with that. I know, but it breaks my heart. And your wife must be a very strong lady. <laughs> she is. She's one of a kind. I don't know how I'd handle it. <laughs> so one I one moment she loves in. me, the other moment she yells at me. Oh, I, I, I feel her. <laughs> that's, that's marriage, though. I mean, that's how it goes. <laughs> All right, Barb. Well, thank you very anyway. much for the call. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Ha- have a great night. Thank you for watching. We'll see you. So, yeah, I actually did want to mention this. You know, I mean, you kind of seem to have a, a, a sort of zen about you about this whole thing. You know, I mean, I think that a, a lot of people would be a lot more outwardly angry. I mean, it, it, do you have moments where you feel like you want to lash out or, or and it's just the fact that, you know, based upon your situation that you have to behave in a certain way or are you just generally a, a, a laid back, easy, easy going guy? <laughs> uh, a little uh, yeah, option D, all of the above. <laughs> I, I have my moments. I, I have my moments where I feel the weight of the cross. Yeah. You know, and, and typically when that happens, I ask the missus, hey, can you take the kids? Can you guys go get something to eat? Just give me 20 minutes of some time, uh, you know, to let what I got to let out, you know, here at home. You know, so I have those moments. But at the same time, you know, and here's one of the things I didn't cover during the, the raid. When they showed up, you know, the first half of my house, they destroyed it. I mean, it looked like a tornado hit my home. But then when they got to my hallway, you know, and I know this because, you know, my stepdaughter told me because by this time she was being babysitted in the room. Well, just a few weeks earlier, um, my wife had put up all my accolades. So for those that don't know, you know, I've been awarded the Medal of Valor. I have an award from the FBI, you know, investigator of the year, like all the accolades were there. So my stepdaughter says that they all congregated there and that one of the guys asked the team leader, hey, are we arresting this guy? And his response was, no, I think this is one of the good guys. The second half of my home completed I mean, they completed it with complete respect. My bedroom, the one that houses all my firearms, the one that you would have thought was destroyed, even my shirts, everything hung back, everything folded. So what that tells me is that these guys were, you know, early morning hours, these two agents came in and probably really did put the fear of God in them, you know, probably Mm -hmm. told them, hey, this is a a bad domestic terrorist, you know, former Marine, ex-cop, you know, got to be on your, you know, on your, on your heels with this guy. And when they actually executed everything, they realize we we got lied to and mm-hmm. it shifted their behavior. So what that tells me is there's probably still good people. Now, granted, it's been two years since then. So yeah, I have a little bit of a shift on the responsibility I give them. But it tells me that there's good guys there that are probably just really tethered to how which direction should they go in. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is why I tell people when you have whistleblowers, you know, like Kyle Serafin that come forward. We as an American public have to really get behind these people. We have to really show support for them because I guarantee you there's other potential whistleblowers that are watching. And if they see that these people come out 
to end their careers, destroy their finances, and that the American people aren't there to support them, mm-hmm. others are not going to come forward because they're going to be like, why should I? They're going to leave me out to dry. But if whistleblowers come forward and we take care of these people and we protect these people, we are going to get more whistleblowers. So, you know, my faith is there. I'm also, you know, I'm not by any means a saint, so no one get the wrong picture. I probably sin more than most, but I do believe in God and I do believe that his his plan is flawless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, even my show, you know, the it's really taken off, Zach. And, you know, for a new show, you know, it takes a long time before something like that happens. And very early on, I know people were looking out for me. Guests were being pushed my way. So uh, I think it's part of God's plan. And here's the other thing, you know, if I was still working law enforcement, I would never have had time to do the deep dives that I did. Mm-hmm. which means I would have been like all my other partners that are still there. They're all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. All their families are vaccinated. I would have probably filed in line with everybody else and being like, Hey, we did it in the military. We did it. It's nothing different. And who knows how that could have affected my family. So as tragic as all this is, it's also put me in a position where, you know, me and my family are not vaccinated and my, our newborn daughter, she has zero vaccinations. Good. Good. You know, so, you know, thank God for that. Yeah, you sure you sure dodged a bullet. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely it. What an interesting story. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, once they get to that point, realize like, oh, my God, you know, what the hell have they got us doing? You know, because, I mean, I've heard varying degrees of uh, of stories from people who have had their their homes raided. And uh, like Nate Kane, again, when the FBI came to his house, you know, I mean, he was a whistleblower. They came and they raided his home uh, looking for stolen documents. And uh, and even then, you know, I mean, they were respectful to him. They didn't trash his home. I just assumed when I heard that this happened to him that they probably trashed his home. But they didn't. They were very respectful because they knew who he was. So I think that that's extremely telling that uh, they had no idea who you were. And then once they figure it out, they're like, we, you know, we can't do this. I mean, this is obviously something that's uh, that's not right. You know, and to your point about uh, good men and women standing up and doing the right thing. Absolutely. I mean, Kyle Serfim is not the only good dude that works at the FBI. But as far as I'm concerned, he's the only one who's had the courage to come forward. We need people like like him, we need people within these federal agencies and these organizations who are willing to say, you know what, like I see the country going to hell. And if I don't do something, if somebody doesn't stand up and say something about what's happening, then it's just going to get worse. I mean, we are quite literally watching our country get flushed down the toilet right now. And we have, I don't know, know how many thousands of people that work in the federal government. It's an obscene number, probably way more than we actually need. And 99.9% of them are comfortable going along with what's happening. And that might be a symptom of the fact that they've had a long time to stack the deck in their favor. Maybe they've only hired the worst people, but I tend to believe that there have got to be good people left. You know, it just by the numbers. I mean, the average is uh, the, the likelihood of that being the case is just it's way it's far out there. 100%. You know, and, and always, cause I know, I know first responders, I know law enforcement watch these shows and I always tell them, listen, at some point, this is all going to be a part of history mm-hmm. and which side were you on? You know, there's, you know, that you join for the right reasons. Remember what that oath was about and don't sell it out for a paycheck because yeah. in the end you're going to, you're going to have a life of regret that's left. Right on. Um, full milk says such a great show. How do we donate? So if you're on Rumble, 
you and, and let's say you're using the iPhone app. You can't donate through the iPhone app. You have to go to your browser, go to my channel, rumble.com forward slash redpill78, and then you will see a dollar sign right next to the text box where you would chat. Click that. It allows you to choose whatever you want. You can put in a special message. It'll show up on screen. I'll go ahead and read it out. You can also go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash redpill78. You can also donate through Cash App. Uh, My Cash App name is dollar sign Zach Payne, Z-A-K-P-A-I-N-E. You can also donate on the website. And hold on, there's a couple other places. Oh, Gold Pills, of course. Gold Pills over on Foxhole. And I think that's basically it. That's uh, that's, that's the, the main area that you can. Um, over on the Foxhole, Sean Joe, thank you very much for dropping that cookie. Filter Dog One says Alpha is awesome. J2 Dank dropped a cookie. Nakaz808 says, Wow, great interview. Filter Dog One says, Sit Rep always brings water to my eyes. Uh, D Patriot1776 says, Best wishes to Brad and Abby. Their wedding is tomorrow. Yes. My good friend, Brad CGZ, and his lovely fiance Blue Eyes, Abby, their uh, wedding is tomorrow, and I hope that they have many, many years of happiness ahead of them. Uh, Keith S. God, Keith S. GWD says, great to see you, RP78, and guests. Great to see you as well, Keith. And then Kitty Wu dropping a cookie. Richard Lyles also said, thumbs up, America. All right, let's go ahead and bring in the next caller. Low Country Brooklyn, thank you very much for dropping those uh, possible donation avenues. I appreciate it. Good to see you out there. Thanks. Great to see you as well, Keith. Colin. And then, you're on the air, buddy. Hey, How come you can't say me? Thumbs up, America. All right, let's go ahead and bring it on. I can hear my own voice. Make sure you mute the stream. Okay, can you see me now? No, not yet. No. I wonder why. It, I, I did a test on it worked, so why would it not now? Yeah. Um, hang on. Let me click ask to start video. See if something pops up on screen that um, there, there you go. it is. Now oh. it works. Now it works. All right. Well, welcome to the program. Thanks. How are you doing, Zach? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, that's good. You're looking good. I like the hit. The, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the buzz cut. It'd be nice <laughs> to be in that kind of. Yeah, it'd be nice to be in that kind of weather. I caught that cold, and then I got slammed again another month, oh, and no. I have become a, a hoodie lover now. It's literally saved my life, you know. You start I, feeling that cold coming back on and slam that thing up there, yeah. I was wearing a, a hoodie earlier today. It was like 55 degrees or something like that. My buddy Mike's uh, Space Shot 76, he sent me a text. It's 8 degrees, and it's going to go down to like negative 10 <clears throat> or something tomorrow. He's in the Northeast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think Florida is a better place to be. <laughs> I can I can get down. So with that. I wanted to say hi to your guests. I'm not sure. Usually, I'm always trying to be helpful, but uh, uh, you you already know pretty much the the jig. There's some things that we can use that uh, on the outside that they don't know of in the inside, so to speak. I don't know if you've ever heard of common law. I'm not saying to use it. What I'm saying is to maintain your common law status. In other words, just because the the master eats with the servants and uses a servant's silverware and the table and the food they're eating doesn't mean that he can no longer go to the master's table unless he precludes himself from doing so. Am I making sense? No, you are. Because you were arrested as a man, am I correct? You were not in the service in any way of any kind? That is correct. Well, then, yeah, then you have all that. Um, I, I just heard what little I heard from your case, but 
clearly the, what they were doing is using the uh, the legal system to say what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> well, here, here's an interesting thing, and you know, I, I get so caught up in the story sometimes I forget to talk about it. So they started all this by getting the civil gun violence protective order. Well, the last time when we went and I refused to take the plea, we were supposed to go back to the Indio court to address the civil matter at this because they haven't they haven't given us any info. Everything's sealed. So in the civil case, everything's in play, which means we get to bring up the FBI agents to testify. We get to ask everything. They dismissed the case. They dismissed the civil gun violence protective order case. So the case they used to start all this, they dismissed it and are just hanging everything on the criminal case. So. They rather risk the because now technically I can sue the FBI, I can sue all the agencies that were involved. They rather risk that than have these agents go on the stand knowing that me and my attorney know how to question them. Well, as long as they have control over the system, then why are they worried about you suing them? And if you and let me share with you, well, in my instance, you know, I just I had uh I had really good representation and uh we were going to win the case hands down, but in the process of it, um, it turned out that uh, we actually did what's called a collateral attack. We showed that the court was acting as a debt collector without a license. <laughs> so they didn't like that so much so that they sent two SWAT teams to take care of the problem. You know, that fly has been bothering us a little too much. You know, let's SWAT them and get them out of here, you know. So, you know, yeah, you know this already, but I'm just saying tread lightly. Um, what you can do as you go, which is how God has always blessed me, no matter where you go, be, blizz, mm, be busy uh, teaching the law. Most people don't know, it, and it begins with the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. That's the proper title for a very good reason. It is a perpetual, irrevocable, express trust. Now, you understand that, right? A little bit. Or let me say, you comprehend it. You yeah, don't stand under it. There you go. Right. You comprehend it. Yeah. So, um, and also, uh, without going into too much detail, you can, by all means, call me if you want. But there's a huge difference between people and person. They are, in almost all cases, they are treating a person. And since they cannot show that that person exists in fact, and that you have any union or joint or contract or relationship with that person. In fact, it's rather difficult for them to make you the surety of something that doesn't exist. Correct? Correct. So when you know you have these things in your back pocket, it helps you to play the game a little bit wiser. You follow me? No. So what I look at it is that you, you're a believer, right? Correct. So when God moves you, then you know for a fact that you're there to take as many, you're there spreading the net. You're there always gathering evidence. Let me give you a quote God gave me almost 25, 30 years ago. Just because the legal system has been running roughshod over the law does not mean that the law does not exist. Does not mean that the law is impotent for giving. Does not mean that the law is impotent, but merely gathering evidence for the day when justice returns. That's been keeping me going for 25 years and telling other people, make a record, make a record, make a record, make a record. Because the moment you stop making a record, you don't have a record to draw from when the time comes, when justice returns. Does that make sense? It does. And that's that's kind of where I call this my unfortunate predicament. <laughs> so 
You're absolutely right. And a lot of people that understand this law and, and the way it's supposed to be played, you know, corporations and all this, it would be an easy, it would be an easier way out for me. Mm-hmm. The issue is I benefit, I benefit from it. My family benefits from me and benefits from that. And I, but I don't think that's what God's called me to do. You know, I, I served in the military. I was prepared to give my life. I served in law enforcement. I was prepared to give my life. I have to run the gauntlet of this, even knowing how it's going to end. Because ultimately, a guilty charge makes me look at one to three years mm-hmm. in prison. You know, and probably about eighteen months is where I would probably serve. Now that sucks, trust me. But at the same time, it puts all this stuff on the record. It puts all the atrocities they're doing, all all the the things that they're doing behind the scenes, everything that's illegal. It puts it on the record. It puts it on the transcript. So ultimately, because the, the one thing I understand is even the appeal process, I'll probably serve most of my sentence before we even get to that. Sure. But at the same time, it has to be documented in order for someone that has the knowledge to fight this stuff, to use that to make sure it doesn't ever happen again. So if I was prepared to give my life, then you know what? I'm prepared to give 18 months of freedom to. If if I, if I may, um, by all means, call me. I'll share a few things at the very least. If you put in an affidavit of intent. Uh, say that again. Have you put in the record? Have you recorded? You don't file. You record. Have you made a record with a timestamp on it that you're in possession of, which is your affidavit of intent? No, that I have not. You must do that. Failure to rebut constitutes admission. So until you rebut the presumption, right? By and I can help you do that if you want. It's not a problem. Um, it's a very short thing. Until you do that, technically speaking, uh, you're in the ball, but you're still fair bait. Okay. But the moment you rebut it, all of a sudden they have to have somebody come with an affidavit to rebut your affidavit. And they can't do that, can they? No, they cannot. If they don't, no way. Right. You're being charged with a crime. Am I correct? Now, I actually did this with me. They charged me with two crimes. I was looking at five years and I had to trust God this time. And he showed me just two pieces of paper, two lines on the first one that said, I have no knowledge of. And then I put in in quotations the exact writing of what the charge was, right? And the same thing with the second one. And then and then I was like, well, what's that all about? I got it notarized, certified, the whole nine yards, get it time stamped, and so on. And then um, it, with other people, we do uh, uh, an affidavit of intent because what it does, it rebuts the presumption. They have to rebut your presumption with another affidavit equal or the same. Right. They, somebody has to be willing to swear to it. They can't do that. So if you I have would to, absolutely love your help with this, because here's the other interesting fact. The detective that was a part of this, the one I told you guys, the second guy, mm-hmm. he no longer works with that agency. Oh, would he be willing to testify on your behalf? Do you think I have a lot of questions of because of, he was too early to retire from it. Well, so couldn't, he now you, works couldn't you for a depose him? Couldn't you depose him? Like force absolutely. his testimony? Absolutely. And those are those are what our intentions are. Okay. But I'm kind of curious to why the two agents that were involved in my case are, are starting to be pulled away from it. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is probably, I mean, in, in most cases, you can always collateral attack it just on process and procedure in, in any event. Uh, but to get to a court that will recognize process, procedure and in, in, in all the, you know, actually the law, that is that's the difficult thing. Because as you know, what they're doing, look, a lot of people don't understand is when you go to court, you go down, you're going to see a lot of courts going on. And a lot of those people and most of those people, the judges, they're just honorable people. 
but you have this little thing and you know what I'm talking about because you've been, you know, you know, you, you get, you deal with this group over here or we're going to guide you over here, you know, like the concierge at a restaurant where we want to sit you. Okay. How are you going to be treated? And once they label you, then you're going to go through, no matter where you are, what prison you're in or whatever, they're going to handle you according to how you've been marked. Right. Mm -hmm. You you are not assigned a courtroom randomly. No, (laughs) no, nor a judge, nor a clerk, none of that stuff. So if you see that the judge you have is a retired judge, you better, you better, you get better, get, get busy, get busy knocking some heads quick because he's already retired, which means he thinks he cannot be held liable. He, I notice what I said. He thinks he cannot be held liable. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. I want to also throw in for the audience and also for yourself the concept that would you agree that if all of these people in in positions of public, I call it positions of public trust, right? No matter what it is, if they were required to be tested as to their knowledge, understanding, and accurate use of not only the founding document, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, but also the Constitution, and a good handle on most of the co- the codes, laws, and other, uh, particularly the prohibitive ones. Don't you think that if, if we required this, excuse me, I'm sorry. If we required this testing before they even got into office, we would be in a much better position. And if we made sure that they were retested every six months, sort of to recalibrate their thinking to what the law is, forgive me, advertisements, that they, every let's say, every six months or so, right? Or if somebody had suspicion that this person was not quite there, they could be required to take it with a proper petition, right? So now we would know that the people in these positions of public trust know the the law, and more importantly, they know the intent of the law. Right? For instance, I I memorize this for a reason. Other one else should memorize it. We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these, among all of these, is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, here's the mission statement. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, clearly not over men. So you see, when you understand that, when you, excuse me, when you comprehend that man is literally the creator of government and all power is derived from the creator. Once you know this, then you say, well, can I do this to you? And if I can't do it to you and you can't do it to me, we are without the power authority to grant that power authority to somebody else. It becomes a very, very simple, very simple, almost a mathematical formula. Again, go back and look at there's a difference between people and person. And the way I can prove it, Article 4 of the Bill of Rights, uh, the right of the people to be secure in their personal house papers, in effect, shall not be abridged. Now, watch this. This applies to you. Nor shall any warrant. Issue, but upon probable cause, so they have to know of a crime ahead of time, right? And must be supported by an affidavit clearly describing the crime and the exact documents or the th- what the exact place clearly describe the place or person to be seized. Without that, and I'm going to give you one more little little nugget. You're going to love it. Without that, they do not have the legal capacity. Look up the term capacity, which means to be without 
legal defect. They have a legal defect if they don't have jurisdiction. You hear me so far? And um, so, so the point is that you're removing anything that they had, that they they presume they had, and then you slowly notice them. We got a case, real real quick share here. We got a case we've been working on for almost a year. They're trying to steal this woman's property and from her estate. We did something, and I'll share it with you in private, but we did something six months ago. <laughs> and the attorney sitting in her living room looks at this and goes, after we pointed it out to him, no, it's right there in the first line. You didn't read that document. It was a a, a notice of, um, of um, what was it, a notice of determination by the trustee of a trust. Listen to what I just said. Notice of determination. Uh, excuse me, courtesy notice of determination of the trustee of the trust. Mm-hmm. It's a courtesy notice. I'm not giving any jurisdiction to nobody, am I? Sure, sure. But I'm still, I'm still putting the information in on the record, aren't I? You follow me? Yeah. I'm maintaining our status. Guess what? Here it is six months later. The other side just boohooed in front of the judge and going, it's been six months. We haven't got anything that we can use against her, basically, right? Just admitting that they never had anything. They mm-hmm. never had anything. The court never had jurisdiction. So this attorney, he reads a document for the first time, and he goes, oh, my God. The court doesn't have jurisdiction. <laughs> That's great. Uh-oh. We were making bets. How soon would it be before? Uh, how soon would it be before he goes? You're not gonna. You're not gonna sue me, Army. Well, how long did it take? What about about what eighty about eighty seconds at the most before <laughs> he goes? Oh, you're not gonna sue me, are you? <laughs> really? That's great. <laughs> we're just we're just sitting back like this, going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. You weren't listening. <laughs> but we're doing it because in this instance, and we, we prayed about this, we know that the reason is because the bar has to be removed. It's a it's a it, it's become a monopoly, it's a criminal organization, it's an association, it has no authority whatsoever. The bar association has no authority, it tells you what it is, it's an association. And it's monopolized. I mean, I was literally told I cannot speak because even though I have power of attorney in writing, you know, perfectly signed everything, if I don't have a bar card. So what we've got here, what beautiful thing that we realize God shared with us, every single bar member, every single one, including the one fighting for her, allegedly, have all caused her harm. Not only is the sole beneficiary, but also is the trustee of the trust to which they're trying to invade, (laughs) to appoint a new trustee. (laughs) <laughs> you see what I'm getting at, right? So how long before this is going to be dispensed, Colin? Well, it was it was dead six months ago. They're just yeah. starting to realize it. Well, they just, they so just we're just, the corpse is still moving around. They, ha- they haven't dropped dead yet. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so beautiful about it. We're going to use, in this process, the court ordered a um, an accounting of the trust going all the way back like to 2007. Well, we've given them 400 pages of documents four months ago, which they never realized they had because they're doom calls, right? Mm -hmm. Which was hilarious. And then you find out that the only pieces that are missing are the ones we can't get that they have possession of. Nice. So now we've got the court going, wait a minute, the only pieces of paper missing are the ones that they have, the ones that are asking for an accounting. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, what it is is that we now can show that every single thing, 100% of the bar members have caused harm 
Whereas the people, which was us, without any attorney or anyone else, we have actually effectively filed the proper documents to save this woman, her trust, her property, and her wishes, as well as her mother's uh, trust, which the the court was trying to replace the trustee in. And I, I feel really, really good about it because we just, you know, when you go along with these things, you just do what God tells you to do. And then all of a sudden later you go, oh, yeah, dude, cool, too, cool, you know. And that's really what it is. You just, everything we did was so spot on. And I'm telling you guys, prayer works. Oh, you know, absolutely. we were writing that document. We spent three, four or five days solid on it. We were in prayer the whole time. We tore it apart, put it together. And when he looked at it, he's looking for this. And he goes, was it no? Yep. Was it this? And he goes, sticks in his back pocket. We were like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because every single one of them should have read it. Every single one of them should know. Oh, crap. We don't have jurisdiction. Six months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, anyway, anyway, we, we've got yeah, we've got somebody else on the line. I want to make sure they don't hang up. But uh, Alpha, how can Colin get a hold of you? Uh, t- give him my number. Give him my number so you can. Okay. Yeah. Just go ahead and send it to me. But okay, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. All right, Colin. Yeah, no thanks, thanks for the call, no buddy. Problem. I hope you guys do great things. Blessings and right. blessings. God bless. We'll see you. Number five, brother. All right, uh, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe is on the line. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> love that uh and let me say thank you to o'brien 96 who on two occasions said uh don't just donated not the first time to the give send go account you are loved very much alpha and zach too uh and then o'brien 96 said uh, at red pill 78 news just stop traffic till the turtle crawls away i made a lot of turtles homeless before i found out about their navigation abilities former florida resident okay i'm gonna take it seriously because i certainly don't want to mess up these turtles uh game down here all right sleepy joe welcome to the program can you hear me, Sleepy Joe? Maybe he's asleep. He fell asleep. I think so. Great appetite. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're waiting for Sleepy Joe to see if he uh, maybe he stepped away from the phone or something, but I did want to talk a little bit about um, red law, red flag laws as they exist right now. Um, so I know they're not in every state, and uh, but uh, this is obviously on a wish list. It, it's essentially a predicate to just come in and take away somebody's Second Amendment without them having committed any, uh, uh, you know, infringing any laws or anything like that. Uh, what is the, the the threshold to be able to go in and take somebody's guns? Because it's not like a reasonable doubt. It's like uh, like a reasonable suspicion or something like that. I know there is some legal language for it. There is legal legal language to it, but essentially what you're doing is you're leaving it to interpretation mm-hmm. by the officer, the deputy that responds, and you know, and they're protected, you know, from civil liability because all they have to do is operate within the department's policies. Mm-hmm. So even if it's something that gets thrown out later, you know, they're personally protected. But here's so, like I said, I've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of warrants, and this was the one thing I didn't realize about red flag laws, and this this should be a concern to everybody. And my case is a testament to it. Even when they lack criminal probable cause, mm-hmm. all they have to do is what they did in my case. The day before, get a gun violence protective order off the red flag law, then go and seek a criminal search warrant or a criminal arrest warrant. And what the judge told us, because we did a motion to suppress and a motion to quash on the on the search warrant. And what the judge said is, even if there is exculpatory information, even if there is fabrication, even if the search warrant gets didn't meet the element of probable cause, 
because the gun violence protective order existed first, that cert, that criminal search warrant was going to get signed no matter what. Mm-hmm. So essentially, any state that has a red flag law, all they would have to do is say some anonymous person called and said you were a threat to yourself, a threat to the community, or couldn't care for yourself, and they can get into your home and take away your weapons or search for another crime. So uh, just taking a look here at some information about uh, about red flag laws, I guess Florida does have them. Uh, it was passed in 2018, just after the incident at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Uh, and in Florida, it says that law enforcement have to file a petition for that RPO. And then it has to be approved by a judge, and then they have to enter the – then they have to provide evidence that there is a risk, which I would assume, like in your case, they, they just put forward the uh, selected tweets uh, without providing full context of everything that was going on. Uh, and then this is the type of evidence they can use. A recent act or threat of violence by the respondent against yourself or others – whether or not such violence or threat of violence includes a firearm. Uh, An act or threat of violence by the respondent within the past 12 months, including but not limited to acts of violence by that person against themselves or others, evidence of that person being seriously mentally ill or having recurring mental health issues. I would assume you are not mentally ill. You don't have any recurring mental health issues. Uh, and certainly none of these other things um, stack up. Uh, a violation of a previous or existing risk protection order. You never had anything like that filed against you previously. Uh, whether the respondent in this state or any other state has been convicted of or had adjudication withheld or pled nolo contendere to a crime that constitutes domestic violence. You are not a domestic violence offender. Uh, whether the Zero respondent has... Yes, uh, has had or has threatened to use against himself or others any weapons. You certainly didn't. Uh, The unlawful or reckless use, display, or brandishing of a firearm. Definitely didn't do that. The recurring use of or threat to use physical force by the respondent against another person or the respondent stalking another person, not a stalker. Uh, Whether the respondent is in this state or any other state has been arrested for, convicted of, or adjudication withheld on uh, a threat of uh, violence that hasn't happened. Corroborated evidence of abuse of controlled substances. Certainly, I would assume that you were getting drug tested all the time, so they can't claim that. Uh, evidence of recent acquisition of firearms or ammunition by the respondent. Wow. So just the fact that you bought a gun. If Let's say that none of this other stuff is true. If they can show that you just bought a gun uh, and you also got some ammunition. Wow. That's enough to come in and, uh, and take them. Um, evidence of re- recent acquisition. Any relevant information from a family or a household member, witness testimony taken while the witness is under oath relating to the matter before the court. Um, okay, so so it sounds like, you know, like you said, they had what they initially claimed was uh, a snitch, essentially, uh, probably somebody trying to get some revenge on you because they didn't like the fact that uh, that you had beat them. What what is going on with uh, with that case? You said that I mean you had won, but uh, you're in the process of, uh, I guess, negotiating your return to law enforcement. Is that something that this case has to play out first before you can fully take care of that first one? So in that first case, um, you know, when they realized we were going to go, you know, through all the way to arbitration, they actually offered me a, a pretty large check and said, "Hey, we'll change it from a termination to resignation." 
And I'm a man of principle. So I said, you're absolutely effing crazy. Mm-hmm. You guys lied. So we're going to go. So a judge wrote a 26-page document. I could shoot it to you in an email, too, if anybody in your audience wants to take a look at it. Transparency. Okay. I'm, I'm always about that. Um, he ordered the, my immediate reinstatement, um, uh, make me what they call whole again. So there would have been any promotions and all that stuff. So when we went would, to Ritz Appeal. Would they have owed you back pay? A lot of back pay. And the thing is, in California, you got to do back pay with interest. Ooh. So, yeah. So it would have been, it would have been a significant check. I would have been smiling. That's for sure. But like I said, we go to Ritz Appeal, um, or we get scheduled for that. That's in May. So everybody that has seen my case, they're like, absolutely. Like there's nobody was worried about losing it. As a matter of fact, there's a company or a business or an organization, I guess you call them, called Porak. Um, you know, they, they have a lot to do with the funding of law enforcement cases. They don't take on cases that they're going to lose. You know, they want to put cases that they're, their money behind that are to be successful. So they actually had sponsored my case because when you move to Ritz Appeal, that no longer is paid through through our unions. You're on your own and you're talking, you know, high dollar amount cases. Sure. So they funded. Me. So once the FBI hits uh, my home in January, then May, you know, my attorneys go for the Ritz Appeal case. We lose that case. The judge never takes a look at the prior judge's orders. Literally, this is what the judge said. Um, well, the agency has the right to file who they want to fire. So we can't contest that right now because, A, I just can't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. my freedom's on the line. So all the money's being directed that way. Um, so ultimately, I think what can happen is if we can prove that they're tied into what happened with the FBI, it'll tie them back in into the lawsuit. But essentially, that's you know what we're probably looking at is is a lawsuit okay. back against them to show that they're involved. The other thing, and I've only mentioned this once, we do have credible information from someone that's at that agency that two people at that agency were working with the district attorney's office using a third party on the outside to report my account. So wow. we're trying to see if we can get that. We're trying to see if we can get that person to validate their credibility and then maybe put them on the stand. Yeah, get the evidence and then put them on the stand and make them either perjure themselves or tell the truth. All right, we're yeah, sleeping it's, 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 a t- it's a tough one because that person does have, you know, you look for motives and there would be a way to say, hey, well, they're upset with the department and that's their motive. And that's why we got to make sure we line up all the ducks in order. Say, look, despite the fact that that exists, here's credible evidence to support what they're saying. Okay. All right. All right. Let's try Sleepy Joe one more time. And then uh, also over on Buy Me a Coffee, uh, Bruce had said, Zach, I hope you and Lisa are well. Uh, Elvia and I are going to be traveling around Florida during the month of uh, April and the first half of May. Would love to go shooting with you. I absolutely will commit to doing that with you, Bruce. Leanne63 says, uh, thank you, Zach, for all you do. You are so appreciated. And then Michelle M. Uh, just bought me a coffee with no message. So thank you very much to the three of you. That was actually from last night. I missed it. Uh, Sleepy Joe, can you hear me this time? Uh, I just want to know if he's seeing my balloon. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that sounds like Sleepy Does Joe. It? Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, Joe, I haven't uh, seen I haven't seen uh, the balloon myself, my balloon. but <laughs> uh, I just heard it. He, my balloon's lost. <laughs> oh. Uh, so is this uh, is this a balloon that's co-owned by you and the Chinese, Joe? Yeah, I will hunter blew it up, and we were in the backyard with it, and it blew away. 
I had to go in for uh, my bath. Uh, and then the, 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 I told them not to blow it up, but I think they did. Oh, I, I want to know how you uh, how you're doing this. This is pretty funny. <laughs> so Hunter, or, so uh, uh, and uh, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good he's boy. Smartest guy I know, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, so, so Joe, what, what can you tell us about uh, the classified documents that were found at uh, the University of Penn Biden Center and in your garage and in your private library? Uh, any statement on that? Uh, uh, Jill, Jill said it was nap time and um, and Jello and uh, I, I, who were just. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, who? <laughs> uh, uh, Jill, Jill said I, I, I'm not allowed to, what? Comment on that. Car, okay. guy have a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, and it's in, in a locked garage. I locked it in the garage. It's locked. I lock it. Do me a favor. Can you tell us what you told the uh, uh, Ukrainian president about Viktor Shokin, about the billion dollars. Can you tell us what you told the president? Uh, Some little bitch. He was gone, wasn't he? Gone. <laughs> I told him I had, you know, I got six hours. I looked at my watch and still the bitch was gone. <laughs> he was gone. You're not getting the billion dollars. <laughs> the, hey. You got a billion. Yeah, just uh, Ukraine. We send, you know, weapons and, and money. So, you know, what you? Uh, Jill told me to shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, that's that's hilarious. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I got to go take my nap. No. Okay. All right. Thanks for the thank call, you. Sleepy Joe. Appreciate okay. it. Don't, don't start a nuclear war. Joe. <laughs> Hands uh, off okay, the football. We'll, <laughs> we'll see it. We'll see you next uh, time. Bye-bye. Oh, that was hilarious. I want to know how he was doing that. It sounded like he actually, there was actually like excerpts, like captures of Joe's voice speaking those words, and he would talk, and then the computer would relay it over in Joe's voice. If anybody has any idea how he did that, I would love to get my hands on some of that software. That was great. Man, I'm not going to trust even the internet anymore. <laughs> that was that was perfect, man. Golly, oh, God, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, you can get in trouble with one of those devices. <laughs> you certainly could. You certainly could. Jeez, oh, Pete's. All right, so um, sweetheart, I have a recording saying I could buy that motorcycle. Remember here, <laughs> uh, honey. Here's your voice right here. You said get the Harley. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, honey. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that's a highlight reel right there. That's great. You know, there's a guy who calls in occasionally doing impressions. Just it's, you know, his own voice doing the impressions, though. And I thought maybe it was going to be him. But that was uh, that was a, a cut above. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Um, let me go over here to the foxhole. I want to see 
Somebody says, uh, let's go. Brandon says, Arthur Roberts. Is that you? Uh, let me see. I wonder, I wonder who, who that was. Uh, DD seven, seven says, I haven't been here in a while. I don't know. Y'all had Joe over here. I, this is the first time he's ever called into the show. So it was a surprise for me too. Uh, let me see. D Patriot 1776. Thanks again for the birth or for the wedding wishes on Brad and Abby. Uh, let me see. Richard Lyles. Thank you. Uh, IVR Mecton says, I'm praying for Alpha. Uh, Classical Chick says, prayers, Alpha Warrior fam for your family and your sacrifice. Rook Castle. Good to see you. Pentagon confirms a second Chinese air balloon over the U.S. And Sean Joe dropping a cookie. Well, you know, this is one of the weirdest stories that I've seen in a while. I mean, I think that. Anyone who knows anything about espionage, you know, anything about, uh, like, spying, okay? I mean, like, we know that, of course, China's going to be spying on us. But for them to send not just one, but two spy balloons right over the United States, I mean, that is an extremely brazen move. And I also thought it was interesting that apparently President Biden told the Pentagon to shoot it down, and they overruled him. I mean, he is ostensibly he's the commander in chief, right? I mean, that that's on paper. I mean, he should be the one giving the order. If anybody is going to shoot anything out of the sky, you would think it would be the president. I mean, what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, the command and control structure, it dictates that you would do that, doesn't it? I, I mean, it this this incident has opened the floodgates for conspiracy theories. Absolutely. That's, that That is for absolute fact, you know. They get one balloon past us. At that point, you know, our, our, you know, United States airspace should be like on its highest alert. How do you get sure. a second balloon in? You know, so, you know, now I get it. I, I, I get the Pentagon if they're saying, Hey, you know, it may look like a satellite, but we don't know. What if there's a biological agent in there? What if there's something in there and you don't want to destroy it over, you know, our land? But the fact that, you know, there's nothing that's being addressed, you know, there's surveillance planes that are people are monitoring flying around it. But there doesn't seem any, you know, type of movement to get control of it, you know. So I'm very curious to see if this thing's going to exit our airspace and and be left alone, you know, if because if, it, it's going to make it. We already look like a laughing stock. Absolutely. If this thing leaves without intervention, then you just you invited a lot. You you've you've hurt our security because now everybody thinks that they can send something, and this time it's a balloon. When it, what what happens when it's a missile? Sure, sure. Uh, let me see. Uh, Sergeant Justice says Canada has no chance shooting that balloon down. I don't think Canada has anything capable of shooting the balloon down. <laughs> Nothing that would uh, be a projectile. Uh, and then actually, I've got the article on screen. Uh, Washington Examiner is reporting that this second suspected Chinese balloon is actually over Latin America. So obviously, China is interested in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, that doesn't sound like anything too surprising, but... I'll be interested to see what, um, you know, what the, the countries down south do about this. But that you made a great point there. I mean, the possibility that this might contain a biological agent or something like that. I mean, I, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of that. But uh, that would be an excellent delivery method. I saw somebody on uh, Twitter or something say, oh, you know, this is probably COVID-23 or something like that. You know, they're going to include something that would uh, basically screw us over if we shot it down. But I mean, don't we have like slow moving dirigibles? Don't we have some technology that could allow us to get close enough to it and stay in stationary orbit around it? I mean, they have blimps, right? I mean, they have balloons that they use for their own spying for, you know, weather balloons and stuff. I mean, you just, it seems, 
it, it defies logic that we couldn't at least get close to it to be able to perhaps, I don't know, deflate it and stuff it onto a, a plane or something like that. Even at even at forty forty five thousand feet, we have the equipment to take this down or capture it if we wanted to. It mm-hmm. exists, and 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 even if you didn't have the equipment, it wouldn't take a lot to modify certain planes that we have that can hook that and still take control of it. Yeah, yeah. You you could you could you could you could in a way. Grab you. You could hook that. You could capture it. Take it over the ocean, and then you can you know shoot it down. Then deflate it. You know, have it fall into the water somewhere where it can be captured. There's we have the technology to do it. So if we can launch something into space and and have it lock up and match you know things that are the size of man's you know sewer cover, then mm-hmm. yeah, we can capture. Them. Yeah, yeah, we can do everything, but deflate a balloon moving slowly through the upper atmosphere that's funny oh man uh oh here's the other thing and if the united states is if you really are clueless of how to take it down go off the coast of china throw up our balloon watch how they take it down and then use that same strategy to take it down excellent idea excellent i'm sure that the chinese would have uh a way to go ahead and take it out um you know it just it seems it's such a strange story you know i mean the uh, first of all, it wasn't the, the the government. I don't think the government is the one who actually like alerted America to it. Like it started like average people saw it and were like, what the heck is this? And then it kind of blew up and went viral on social media to the point where the, the media was commenting on it. And then the government had to say something to them about it. They had to make a statement. And, uh, you know, Millie with his radio address, you know, hey, you know, hey, don't worry about it. It's just a, it's a Chinese spy balloon. We're just going to let it go. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know where we're at right now. I'll tell you, the the interesting conspiracy theory I've seen with this one is a lot of people say, hey, NASA's the biggest, you know, biggest purchaser of helium. And a lot of people said, hey, there's no satellites in space. The only satellites being carried by balloons. And now you got two satellites being carried by balloons. Maybe they don't want them to get shot down because when they land down in, uh, what's it, Montana somewhere, we're going to see property of NASA on it. Maybe that's why they don't <laughs> want to shoot them down. Yeah, you know, I the the one of the reasons I thought maybe they would didn't want to shoot it down is because uh you know, it it could there could be markings on it. It could tell you a lot from depending on where it goes down and they they probably don't want civilians to just get their hands on it. I and it, let's even if it is what they say it is. It's a Chinese spy balloon. You know, there's probably enough people who are on the Chinese Communist Party's payroll that are in government and they would not want to betray the trust of their handlers by allowing it to go down into the backyard of an average American patriot who's going to put pictures and throw it all over TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. You know, the Chinese would not be happy about that. I'm telling you, man, this one's interesting. You know, yeah. and, and for it to be, you know, as exposed as it is, then you have to wonder, do the Chinese want us to shoot this down? Do they want us to see what's in it? You know, is there technology in there um, that's going to reveal, hey, you know, some of the stuff is, you know, our American companies sure. or allies to America. Yep. Yep. That would certainly be interesting. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I would imagine if there's any place that they would feel comfortable shooting it down. I mean, like the heartland of America, you know, the plains of Montana. I mean, that's perfect. You know, I mean, like uh, you know, I, I I would think that the, the, the buffalo and the cows, you know, maybe wild horses, they would get the hell out of the way. You know, I mean, they're not just going to let that stuff fall on them, you know. So I don't know. 
uh, we'll see what happens. It, it, the, the picture's interesting, too, you know? I mean, like, I'm not all that familiar with these high-altitude balloons, but it looks like maybe it's got some um, solar panels on it or something like that. You know, like, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. Uh, this, <laughs> people are on, on Twitter. Good morning. The spy balloon is still just chilling. <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, Rock Chip 2 over on Rumble says, I hope the China balloons don't have fentanyl in them. Wouldn't take too much to do a lot of harm. That's a great point. You know, I mean, if it did have fentanyl in it, uh, it would, uh, you know, aerosolize probably immediately and it would kill uh, a lot of people, a lot of animals, too. That would be terrible. All right. All right. Well, listen, the first thing that came to mind, Zach, when the Pentagon said no, was like, if they don't want, is this a weapon system? If they don't want to shoot it down. It, it, I would guess that it's probably some type of weapon system. Yeah. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. It certainly does. Um, thank you to Sean Joe, who dropped a cookie. And then Rook Castle said, Zoso Dude 77 was just talking about Adobe Voice 20 minutes ago of someone talking. You can make them say anything. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I, I, Adobe Voice. I will check it out. And then Tanette Booth says, here's the link for the voice changing thing. Okay. 55 seconds. All right. So, I'm going to grab that, and you guys, uh, tomorrow or maybe Monday, I will have a uh, a special guest on the program. <laughs> We're going to use that see how it goes. All right, so, Today Alba, I'm I testing thank you. what looks to be the most realistic voice changer oh. I've ever come across. It's a Hang on. very impressive uh, that, technology. For some reason, this video keeps playing. I'm not trying to play it. I was like, is that Alpha's? All right. But, Alpha, uh, I want to thank you for, for hanging out with us tonight, doing the interview, and uh, coming on the program. I always like to ask my guests, what do you want the audience to take away from the conversation tonight? Uh, main thing is you got to have courage. Um, you may find yourself put in a position that's uncomfortable. It may challenge everything that you want to do. But there's no do-overs. We're in a fight for our country right now. And, and everybody has a part in that. So, you know, I'm 43 years old. God's blessed me with a great life. But I have little ones. And one day I want to have grandchildren. Do we want them to grow up in the face of the nation that we see right now? Or do we want them to actually grow up in a free America? We're living it right now. So what each of us do individually is going to decide that outcome. So everybody has to get involved. You can't rely on other people to be in this fight. You have to find a way to get involved. So figure it out and get yep. in the fight. All right, man. Uh, I'm right there with you. Absolutely agree 100%. All right, you guys. I have passed out the gold pills, and uh, that's all there is to do. So be here tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, where my guest is going to be. Let me just take a look real quick. Uh, Tara Rodas. Tara Rodas, the Project Veritas whistleblower who worked for um, God, she, I think maybe she was in DHS, but she blew the whistle on child trafficking, the government putting children into the hands of traffickers knowingly. So she's going to be here tomorrow night. Should be a great show. Thank you again, Alpha. I really appreciate you being here, buddy. And to everybody at home, I'll see you tomorrow. Good luck and God bless.
turn even my voice into. For example, Morgan Freeman. I can just talk in this amazing voice, right? Or uh, maybe even Joe Biden. Uh, what's cool is that all the voices are community made. So people have made like Massey from Overwatch. My favorite show, Rick and Morty. There's also voices of celebrities, uh, internet celebrities like Mr. Beast. Put that in a burger. And even Markiplier, which is pretty awesome. I'm having lots of fun with it, and it's. Oh, fuck you! Fuck you! I'm done! I'm fucking done with your bullshit! Testing what looks to be the most realistic voice changer I've ever come across. It's a very impressive technology that can turn even my voice into, for example, Morgan Freeman. I can just talk in this amazing voice. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now.
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.